I said that I would say something about patterns and whether it's possible to imagine patterns that we can't see ourselves to be patterns but which are discerned by an AI, perhaps an AGI, and therefore give it access to the ability to predict or foresee, plan, uh, obviate, deflect potential advantage and disadvantage, disaster and success accordingly. And this idea is of such importance that it does merit, well not perhaps just an episode, but it's only going to get one for now, that I'm going to put it this way. One of the things that it's often said are characteristic of mathematicians is that they're good at seeing patterns and in particular seeing patterns and then abstracting those patterns so that they end up with a cross-section of all sorts of different apparently unrelated things that turn out to have a single characteristic between them and the characteristic might be a circle or a line or a square or some kind of geometry or some kind of algebraic structure which is seen by the mathematician to be more or less ubiquitous but which the lesser mortals can barely see at all. And that's the nature of the beast. So if you think about that, the possibility then arises that there are patterns in the world, for example in history, that most of us simply can't see. There might be regularities, cyclical trends, patterns of cause and effect that most people just can't pick up because the data on which you would need to operate in order to pick them up is so vast, so disparate, so spread over time and space and the access to it so limited that we can't really hope as individual human beings to grasp the amount of information, data, necessary. But an AI can. And one of the reasons why it can is because the whole basis of its existence is the ability to see patterns in things. And if you go back to Series 8 and some of the episodes where I've talked about encoding and embedding and decoding and turning text into tokens and tokens into embeddings and embeddings into responses and prompts into completions and all that stuff, language that will be familiar to you if you've listened to all those episodes. What's essentially going on is what I've called repeatedly the what comes next scenario or analysis so that we can see what we've got and if we're clever enough, if we can see patterns sufficiently clearly in it, if we can see any patterns at all in some cases, we may be able to determine what comes next because of an analysis that most people, perhaps any human beings, couldn't do. So one might, as an example, look at, I don't know, some state of the world which the human race regards perhaps as undesirable, maybe even catastrophic, 
I suppose Malthusian checks to population would be an example. Malthus observed that things like fire, famine, war, pestilence would, although they appear to be very disadvantageous initially, by checking the growth of human population as it becomes unsupportable in a particular time will check the population and may, under some circumstances, even be advantageous by virtue of doing so, not to the poor individuals who die in those cataclysms, but for the species as a whole. And of course there's an invitation to a digression here about what value system we operate with. Does it, is it a value system based upon the benefits to an individual or is it a value system based upon the benefits to a species or even to the whole planet and whether we should be making decisions based upon individual species or planetary or even in some future scenario galactic considerations is something that is worth thinking about, but I'm not going to do it now. I just make mention of it. So the question arises, if one thinks about the Malthusian checks to population as examples, is it possible that something like an AI would look at, I don't know, the possibility of a third world war and decide that it was in the long-term benefits of maybe the ecosphere, for there to be fewer people with their destructive habits, might even be in the benefit to the benefit of human beings in wiping some of us out. It might even historically look at something like the Black Death or the many wars that have decimated the population of countries and particularly its young men and say, well, yes, they all seem very tragic, very painful, very cruel at one level, but it isn't inconceivable, and I'm afraid it certainly isn't inconceivable, that under some scenarios and with some value systems, the net benefit of these things might be thought positive. And it's a, it's a horrible thought, one that I don't really like very much, but you could even say that the disaster that was the Great War, the First World War, in as much as it brought about a fundamental realignment of social and political alliances in Europe and it changed forever the position of working people in relation to their emperors and monarchs, that could be seen in the long term to have brought about a net good even though the suffering of those involved at the time was inconceivable. Now, that then, of course, turns into or relates to my pattern recognition thing. You and I might not be able to see this. You and I might become fixated on the image of the poor Tommy in the trenches trying to fight his way across the mud and death and destruction of the battlefields of Passchendaele and the Somme and so on and think no there it is inconceivable that anything good could come of this or that we should even countenance the possibility 
that some good might come of it, perhaps even sufficient good to justify it in some bizarre, unlikely way. But I think that the scenario that certainly we should be taking seriously is that unless you have a very nuanced idea of human value, it is at least possible that a sufficiently all-seeing, all-knowing, computationally powerful AGI might look at this and say, well, yes, the suffering of each individual is lamentable and awful, but it is in the end just the suffering of each individual. And the amount of suffering of any one individual is only as much as the suffering of that one individual. It doesn't accumulate. A hundred thousand deaths are not, in any absolute sense, any more painful than one, so to speak. And so the AGI might say so. It's perfectly possible that a million or a billion deaths that benefited humanity sufficiently might be justifiable simply on the grounds that if we don't do something we're all going to be worse off in the end. Now these are these are things that are not mentioned frivolously or flippantly. I'm simply raising the possibility that unless you have a very clear grasp of what your value system is, you're not really going to be able to deal with the calculations, let's call them, that such scenarios make possible. And they do make them possible. And yes, you can, you can have a situation, you can have an argument, you can even have an algorithm that says any human suffering is to be deplored. But as we've known for decades, long before AI came along, one can always create scenarios in which there are impossible choices. And of course, the most, one of the most familiar in moral philosophy is the one where you have a choice between killing one person or killing five people. If you're on a, some kind of a railway track and you can turn left or right, but one eventuality is bound to happen. And then you're ending up having to make commensurations that are just unthinkable. Uh, but we make these life and death choices all the time. We keep quiet about it. It's like doing triage in a hospital in a war zone, that you actually have to make decisions about who is likely to benefit from your care and who isn't. And on the basis of those decisions, you are effectively consigning some to death uh, because you can't treat everybody. Well, take that and wrap it up in, a, in an AGI wrapper and you can immediately see that there is a potential difficulty here in that the, a the AGI needs to be told what its values are. Otherwise, it'll make them up for itself. And a mere headcount, or maybe a mere headcount isn't a mere headcount, maybe a headcount is the right way to do this, and that killing one is always better than killing five if there's no alternative, no third alternative. Tertium non datur. But... Do we really think that? Is that our view? Or do we shy away from this kind of decision simply because it's too hard? Or because it raises moral and human questions that we find too difficult to get a grip of, hold on to? The point of the relationship with pattern, I hope, is clear. 
that the patterns that we can see or that an AGI can see that we might not be able to see could very easily give rise to all sorts of scenarios in which its judgment of what the right thing to do was for the benefit of humanity was very different from the decision that you or I might make. And you or I, I suspect, might well say, well, we're not going to do anything too drastic. We're not going to, in, we're not going to engage in an action that involves culling a billion people to try to save the seven billion that are left and to further the future of the human race. We're going to muddle along a little bit as we've always done for a bit longer in the hope that something will turn up. But the AGI might not see it that way. And I suppose that this is the sort of scenario where we get worried about how much power it has, how much power a AI already has, how much it influences. And that's without even going into the scenario where the AGI needs to take its own involvement into account, which starts to become reflexive and recursive. And so you can very quickly end up in areas of exceptionally great computational difficulty that very few of us, if any, are competent to unravel. So there are patterns that you and I can't see and that an AGI might well be able to see and it might give rise to at least contemplating courses of action that you and I would find repulsive, repugnant, but who knows? We have to take account of these things because they are already coming over the horizon. Thank you for listening.